Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Waking up at 5 a.m. for the Korean series and staying up till 11 p.m. for the Dominican Winter League. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. And the baseball never stops. No, it really doesn't. And I'm glad you said that because, you know, we, we, I, it's so weird to think back to the time, uh, you know, early in our baseball fandom where it was like, oh, no, it's November. I'm so depressed. We have to wait months for baseball. There are no other options. We were such fools. The internet is a wonderful thing, and uh, I'm excited to get some some Korean series, the postseason, the, the final series, the NC Dinos and the Doosan Bears this weekend. The Dominican Winter League just getting started. You're right, Jake. The baseball never, ever, ever stops. I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. Yeah, it was nice watching some live baseball, like at night. I know, like the <laughs> yes. Korean games, you're up at like the crack of dawn, but... It was nice to like watch baseball in darkness on the yes. other end of the day. Uh, we've got a good pod for you all here today. This is going to be our off-season preview. We've got a little off-season preview topic spinner wheel. We're going to bounce from topic to topic, get everybody prepared for the off-season to come. All right, but before... We hop into our off-season preview. Jordan, there has been news. It is. It feels like it's been three weeks since we recorded a podcast. Not only is there a new president-elect uh, in, in this nation, uh, but the Miami Marlins have gone out and hired a new general manager, Kim Ang, the first woman to be named general manager of an MLB team. This happened uh, on Friday. Today is Monday. But Jordan, that's a big, 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 Big fucking deal. This is a a big fucking deal. And you don't need us to tell you that. We've all, (laughs) I hope if you're listening to this podcast, you've been reading uh, all about Kim Ang's incredible career. The extent to which she is overqualified as a first-time GM, particularly in this era of GMs where it's like, oh, you're super smart and happened to be with a team that was winning for the last few years. You're our GM now. This is- Oh, you have an Ivy League degree (laughs) and you can rock a quarter zip? Over a button down, yes. yes. My, my, my be, dude, right. welcome. That's that's generally been the uh, the hiring strategy, unfortunately, for the last ten years in front offices. Um, this is long overdue. Again, if you're not familiar with Kim Ang's ridiculously uh, storied front office career, it begins thirty years ago in the White Sox front office, fresh out of the University of Chicago. Shouts out D three softball. She was uh, one of the best players on on the Maroons there uh, back in the day, but. She's in the White Sox front office. Again, this is 30 years ago. And then she gets recruited by literally Brian Cashman at the height of the Yankees dynasty to come be an AGM in New York where she wins some World Series. Then she goes to the Dodgers. Almost, She interviews for the GM job with the Dodgers in 2005 when five active general managers were still in school. And she's already interviewing for GMs. Okay, that's 15 years ago. Did, did you see the fucking tidbit that Frank McCourt, Dodgers owner, didn't want to hire her as GM because he didn't want the bad PR for firing her a one day. What? <laughs> that is so Again, there are so many terrible reasons why this has, it took 15 years. For that's this to galaxy happen. brain sexism. Right. That's like, that's a, a, a level of Frank McCourt's horrific ownership that we did not even know. Um, yeah. And, uh, but now here we are. And I am so excited for so many people and obviously for Kim Ang and for the Marlins, a team that has um, obviously done a lot of things over the last five years that have made us question their motives, made us question if Jeter's the one that should be leading us in the right direction. And we know they traded away all their best players. Now they finally make the postseason again. They're totally reshaping their front office. Every The on-field culture obviously has, has shifted a lot. And it's just a really exciting time, man. Like, I know there's so many debates. Oh, well, the Marlins, I could have fans. Like, at this point, I'm just, I'm really excited to root for this team. And uh, I'm really excited to root for Kim Ang. Yeah. Uh, a lot of great writing out there about Kim Ang, all of which you should go read. Uh, notably, friend of the pod, Lindsay Adler over at The Athletic. Definitely give that a read. Um, Jordan. Yes. The Angels also hired a GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't particularly care. Um uh, that much because they're bad and they're still going to be bad. I will say uh, it is, you know, you would think that people would be more interested in the guy that is going to get to become the GM for Mike Trout and who is going to be in charge of getting Mike Trout to the playoffs. Um, 
that is something that a lot of people are obviously most interested in is who the hell is going to get Mike Trout to October. And it will be Mr. Perry Manassian, who, while not nearly as historic and cool as Kim Ang for obvious reasons, I will say does have a pretty cool story. Grew up in baseball. His dad was the clubhouse manager in Texas. He was a bat boy. He was a clubby. He was a scout. He was an assistant GM. He was bouncing around. He's been an AGM with the Braves, uh, and now he gets the job in Anaheim. But like you said, like the Angels uh, issues go above the GM, as we've seen for the last five to seven years. And uh, as long as Artie's there, um, it's hard to totally know that no matter how smart the person is in charge there, if it's really going to make that much of a difference. I think Kim Ang should trade for Mike Trout. Yes. First move. How that bold be. would that be? For, for Today, we're recording here on Monday. First day on the on on the job officially for both of them, and Kim Ang should give <laughs> give Perry a ring uh, and say, "Hey, hey, uh, you, you got Mike Trout. We're interested in in accelerating our rebuild. Uh, we think Mike Trout could help us out. What a power move that would be! I would love to see that." Um, All right, well, Jordan. They, they got some guys. Let's hop into the off season. Trade. Let's do it. Let's Ready? do it now. Yeah. How how are we going to do this? Uh, with a wheel, a wheel. Producer Bobby. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Good to be back. Nice to see you guys. Good to see you. Great, great to see you too, Bobby. Are we? Do we have like a, a theme like plus play wheel of off season? How are we doing this? Like, yeah, this I want is, you to chant it like a crowd every time, and I'll okay. layer your voice like fifteen different times so it sounds like different people. Great. Okay, we'll we'll work on that. No, I think we're just going to spin this wheel. We have twelve topics here, and wherever it lands is the direction we're going to go. I don't know how it works on this free wheel website that I chose. It was the second result on Google. Never trust the first mm. result. You know they paid All for right. that spot. Um, and I don't know if it's going to repeat itself, but we'll find out. So these are essentially topics that we gave Bobby ahead of time. Um, that we, we brainstormed together, just things that we are thinking about during this off season time. Uh, this ranges of course from the hot stove to other things. Uh, so Bobby, go ahead and, and spin that wheel for the first spin time. Spin that wheel. And, uh, what oh, are oh, we beginning with? Oh, 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 click to spin. Hold on. I'm trying to follow the directions. Ooh, it's spinning. This is fun. All right. Oh, yeah. Here we so go. fun for the listener. <laughs> and the first topic is Frank McCourt's bankruptcy from 2000. No, wait, no, sorry. Um, the incoming labor fight tsunami. Oh, oh getting it. <laughs> Let's start not- with some really fun stuff here. Uh, now, listen, there are going to be some topics on this wheel that are a little bit more fun than others. So let's just start right here with the with the ugliest <laughs> of the ugly. And talk about, as you refer to, Jake, this is Jake's terminology, the labor fight tsunami. So, Jake Mintz, explain to me why this will be uh, a tsunami of sorts. I I mean, you talk to people who are way more plugged in than us, and no one is optimistic about the expiring CBA. Like, the vibes are bad. Now, it expires at the end of next year, um, and next offseason is really going to be the really, really terrible um, negotiation. But this offseason is going to be bad-ish, tough-ish to watch. I mean, it's never fun to watch. Um, But what will probably happen is we'll see MLB trying to play less than 162 games. And we'll probably see the union and the players, understandably, want to play as many games as they possibly can. Uh, A similar setup to what we saw last summer uh, when they couldn't agree on the amount of games. I think you'll probably see the league try and implement some rule changes from the 2020 season, all of which the union and the league might not want in 2021 for that season. And so this will be like a nice appetizer uh, for the hearty labor strife entree we'll get after next. Well, well, I would say that we already had we you could argue we already had the appetizer this summer um, with the the negotiating and, and how it became clear that like the fight had already begun. And while we had not reached the end of the CBA, um, it was obvious that the negotiating and the, you know, the kind of the bargaining and the the positioning and the trying to figure out like, all right, how far can we push each side here? That had already started during all the negotiating to get this season, the 60 game season to even happen. And now because COVID is still very much a thing, obviously, please people wear your fucking masks and stay away from each other. uh, That is going to be part of the negotiation as well for at least the 2021 season is those protocols. And that's going to be part of it too. The owners are going to say, oh, well, we need fans if we're going to play this game. If we don't have fans, we're only going to play these games. So it's going to be the same shit. The players rightfully are going to be like, you just signed a billion dollar TV deal. (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> and you're still made a lot of money this year and you're all still profitable and whatever. So, of course, we we, we already got used to that, um, I think, uh, over the summer and it was not fun. Um, but it is very much going to be relevant. And it will also be relevant in how much uh, owners choose to pay the players. And we're going to see here in a couple of weeks the non-tender deadline coming up at the beginning of December. We already saw Brad Hand getting waived when we can talk about him. Like They're just going to be guys who are just good major leaguers. They're just becoming free agents yeah. because teams don't want to pay them. And that is also going to be a sign of uh, how ugly it could get. So glad we're starting off on a terrible note. But it is yeah. worth mentioning for sure. The tsunami uh, is coming. Bobby, senior labor correspondent. Do you have... Uh... Any thoughts? That's a nice title. Wow, thank you. That's like a promotion from producer. Can I ha- can I hold the two jobs at the same time? Yes. Like president yeah, of okay. baseball operations and GM or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do I have any <laughs> thoughts? I think that multiple decades have been leading up to this moment and the owners are excited. I'll leave it there. It's going to yep. be tough. This is going to be really tough. Um, I, I will say this, like, one of there were like a hundred terrible parts of following what happened last summer. One of them is that we were able to follow every single twist and turn because everything was getting leaked to Passon and Rosenthal for both sides. If we could just keep this in a group chat, that would be great. I don't yeah. need like that's not it, gonna happen. I know it's not gonna happen, but it is the worst because then it just dominates the discourse. Obviously, like the public should be informed to a certain extent about stuff. Like, I think that's really important, right? And you can hold people's feet to the fire, but like, I don't need to know everything. I really I don't. need to know if we're gonna know everything though, I need to know like everything about what the owners made in 2020. Right. Because I need to know right. how much they actually really lost. You know, like Woj is out here like tweeting how much it costs to do the bubble and how much the owners made because of doing the bubble. I'm like, yo, pass it. Get Woj's line into those finances, bro. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. Um, and, it, you know, some teams saying, oh, I lost all this money. It's like, well, there's also a big difference between teams like the Yankees, who definitely did lose an insane amount of money because they have so many people that come to their games, versus a team like Tampa, who doesn't have anybody come to their games. And so that you could really say they only projected to lose uh, you know, a fraction of as much. Anyway, whatever. Except it's a that Tampa it's not, banks on it's getting not, revenue sharing yeah. of course, from the of Yankees, course they do. so they didn't of get any of that money from the Yankees either. Yeah, of course they do. But I'm I, just saying that you know there there is a difference there, and all the owners are going to cry the same thing. So I will say this last, last thing, thing, Cohen. Last thing, last yes. thing. For a while, like when we were young, Jordan in in baseball, like a couple years ago, the way I used to tell people how young we were was like, yeah, we weren't even alive for the lockout, and I'm afraid that I won't be able to say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh that's what you're well, afraid of yes well, that's that's it. okay that's <laughs> He's number missing one. out on that that's, that line that's yes, all bobby, is, bobby bobby Top that is list. The, that is number one priority in terms of things i worry about before i fall asleep you you got me <laughs> uh all right bobby spin that wheel Give okay us let's do it spinning so spinning <laughs> spinning slightly more fun to talk about I'm crossing off our topics as we go, so I know we won't. uh, Okay, winter meetings. Winter meetings. Okay, so this is a quick one. This took a really, really long time for baseball to finally be like, oh, yeah, no, these aren't happening. (laughs) Jordan, what are the winter meetings? Explain the winter winter meetings meetings for people. uh, For those who are unfamiliar, is essentially the baseball convention, annual convention is the best way to put it. The original purpose of the winter meetings was actually for minor league baseball for all of minor league baseball to get together and basically just discuss like the industry and sell different things to each other whether it's baseball related products whether it's promotions whether it's food um and then in the last couple decades it's turned into the place where all the major league teams also get together in the same hotel in a different city every year and they meet in their fancy suites upstairs and then they come down and they drink a lot and then they go upstairs and they make trades and then sometimes they come down and do a press conference with the free agents whatever the point is is even though we live in 2020 and everyone is texting and online for some reason everybody gets together in the same hotel and actually meets for a week in December. And for baseball media people, uh, you just get to see uh, human beings who you tweet at all year and actually have beers with them who live in a different city, which is kind of, that's like kind of cool. So right. uh, it's a super weird event. It is like very bizarre. Uh, and this year it won't be happening because I don't know if you saw there's a pandemic. I saw and that, yeah. I think what will probably happen is they'll have it virtually. And then next year they'll be like, oh, wow, we could just do this virtually. And then it might not happen again. <laughs> I had that thought too. I mean, I think people will crave the social interaction. Well, minor league baseball will be a different topic on this wheel, but um, 
I imagine it'll still come back in some form. But yeah, like, I don't even know if it's even going. My, the, the only reason I wanted to have this on the wheels, like, will this even be like an active week in the offseason like it was last year in the same way? There's no I think there's no way for other reasons beyond the fact that the winter meetings are not in person. But uh, but yeah, I'm just curious how it's reported on, how it's covered if it's all virtual. Like, I, I I'm really uh, kind of curious what that's going to be like. Is anyone going to show up and get the memo? <laughs> I'm he- I'm here in Orlando. Right, right. I think Orlando, uh, one ready? of the places that you probably kids still do this in person. That's true. That's probably why they Orlando, waited. Dallas. MLB, MLB still trying to see if they can have fans come out to the winter meetings. Do Sell it some tickets. in Globe okay. Life in center field, right in the spot that Justin Turner took the photo. That's roof good open. To me. Roof Listen. open. But uh, obviously, I will uh, uh, I'll be sad that there yeah. there's no winter meetings this year. But um, no one cares about us. So. Uh, but I am curious how that actually is covered. I assume, I guess, the managers, all, all the managers, show up there and do their, 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 you know, their, their like check in from the winter press conference. I guess they'll just all be on Zoom and they'll all be sitting in their backyard. I mean, those those sometimes are entertaining. I will never right. forget the AJ Hinch one from last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, AJ Hinch, Carlos Beltran, and Alex Cora were all there. They all did interviews. And this year, it'll and just it be AJ Hinch matter. and Alex Cora. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, they will. AJ, what you think of uh, you know uh, Tarek Skubal? All right, sounds good. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's spin that wheel, Bobby. Let's spin that wheel. Wheel spinning. Wheel spinning. We have landed on MetsCon. Oh boy, oh, I don't baby. know if I'm even right, ready great. for this. All right, great. Well, the wheel decides that you are ready for this, uh, Bobby. We've decided to put this on the wheel. Because um, obviously one of the things that happened since we last talked on this podcast was Steve Cohen uh, sat up at the podium at City Field with his <laughs> with his quarter zip and his billionaire look and his hands he was in like, front of his in front of his chin in front of his chin and I gotta say again I'm gonna make the same point Steve Cohen obviously you should all be rejoicing he he does look a lot more evil than. <laughs> Than almost any other, than almost any other uh, uh, owner. But he said literally all the right things. Sandy Alderson, his his, it was it was essentially the perfect game of of press conferences. He said, you know, I I want greatness. I I won't stand for mediocrity. Oh, I want. I, I'm doing this because I can make millions of people happy, not because I'm trying to make money. Like it was, it, it felt like a fever dream. Obviously for you, especially. Um, so we're gonna do a quick little off season preview Mets con. Bobby Wagner, where is MetsCon at and how are you feeling? So part of me feels like I could have gotten cute with this and been like, well, it's MetsCon 4 because it's a new person and it's an unknown. So I need to up my readiness because I I mean, I've said this a million times. Why would I trust what Steve Cohen is saying? He's a smart guy. He knows what to say. All of the other owners have just given up on caring about what to say. Like they don't even bother anymore as evidenced by the behavior of many owners, specifically Jerry Reinsdorf in the last three weeks. But after the press conference, when you see players actually committing to come play for the Mets, a la Marcus Stroman, when you see Noah Syndergaard tweeting out a video and Steve Cohen at Stephen A. Cohen 2, now verified, congratulations to him, tweeting back at him saying, Noah, I look forward to calling you. We'll talk, we'll talk tomorrow on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you have oh. to think that there's something real going on there because the players aren't going to dupe themselves into coming to play for this guy if he doesn't actually mean business and he's not actually going to sign the checks and he doesn't actually want them to be around for big money or whatever. So we'll see. MetsCon remains at five in my mind, which is what it was at last time. I almost feel like if he really does behave the way that he said he was going to behave, I might just retire. I might be a retired... Wow defense i don't know who runs that thing uh, um secretary of defense who runs defcon i don't know well he just retired actually so there you go (laughs) yeah that works out well so this is the thing i like do we have to adjust this whole segment i don't know i mean listen this is going to be a very interesting off season for them i mean do you did metscon kill the Wilpons? i'll let the listeners decide absolutely absolutely maybe uh, I there was one thing that Cohen said that was very interesting to me and curious. Where he was basically like the word processes uh, forty seven times. He said no. processes. We're gonna f- stick to our processes. We have processes at point seventy two. We're gonna bring those processes over here to the to the Mets. Okay, so when he was like, "I'm not here to make money." Two Get thoughts. The fuck out of here. Absolutely <laughs> two thoughts, two not. Thoughts. Two thoughts. He is. I also di- spend three billion dollars to not make any more money. Okay, so that's the thing. On one hand, it's like. 
bro, you just bought a major league sports franchise. Like you're definitely here to make money. But on the other hand, this motherfucker is so rich already that it's like the Mets are a relative drop in the bucket. Like it's like the whether or not the Mets are making money does not mean he can or cannot afford his ninth house. Like that's cute but, that you think he thinks that way. But, <laughs> but that see, that's the thing. But you don't get as rich as Steve Cohen is without like always trying to make money from everything you do. Here's what I okay, here's what I've said before on this topic about <laughs> whether he wants to make money or not. And I'll just keep repeating the same line until I get proven otherwise. There is a somewhat market inefficiency in the way that he views the Mets and the way that he views baseball in that if you just accept the money from the appreciation of the franchise, which is what all owners should be doing, which is how they should have been viewing this last year and how they should be viewing the labor negotiations vis-a-vis coronavirus, then you can still make a shitload of money. Like You can still make billions of dollars. And he's the only dude owning this team and he can still double the value of his franchise if he sticks it out and baseball remains a viable sport in this country, which it has for 130 years. Now, he doesn't need the extra $20 million like the Wilpons needed. He doesn't need the extra $38 million like Paul Dolan needs in Cleveland. He doesn't actually need that money. I think he actually values coming in and being this sort of like brigadier winner. He like masquerades in and he upends the baseball market and he gets written about and that's the first line of his... Um, obituary as opposed to like the first line of his obituary is that he like traded stocks and got really rich. Like that's way right. less fun. That's way right. less fun. Way right. less you know? fun. Way less he, fun. He knows that like it's way easier for people to be like, oh, he's rich. He owns the Mets as opposed to he's rich. He does shady stuff with stocks that I don't understand. Right. I guess he's also known for for his art, for his art and whatever. But okay. So, so I didn't he I buy that expensive say, skinny man. <laughs> There's a joke and I'm still trying to figure out how it is. Like, him trading for Chris Sale joke mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the skinny art sculpture. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you I'll let you know when that. I figure it out. You yeah. Wait, that. Jake, Jake, question for you. Yeah. Steve Cohen buying the Mets equals Jake Mintz buying what? What is oh, like a wow. vanity purchase for Jake Mintz Holy shit. that still might have a chance to get you something back in return eventually? <sighs> That's a crazy good question. Like a really nice bike, probably. Okay. Okay. Like a really fancy One that you're bike going to maybe like, perhaps ride 817 miles to Chicago? In theory. Although in that theory. wouldn't be making me money. That's making money for charity. Right? Like the, the van, maybe like a nice suit. That's it. A nice suit. Because if one day I get to like be on TV all the time and I have this nice suit, that might help me out. You know what okay. I mean? But like. And maybe again, it, it will appreciate in value if it's stylish and you can sell it back as a collector's item. Bobby, there are. Like nor I don't think normal people buy things that appreciate in value. I think most of the things that we buy depreciate. Say, this is ridiculous to try and come up with a comparison for anything we are doing with any related to purchasing anything. I don't know. I hear Jordan is the real estate baron of the ringer. He's just purchasing several properties. That's what I see. Uh, that's the only I hear. podcast on the ringer podcast network appreciating in value. All right, let's move on from MetsCon, Bobby. Yes. I think okay, it's spinning, enough. spinning, spinning, spin spinning, 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 spinning. Go spin Mets. I can't wait to root for Francisco Lindor and Nolan Arenado. Okay. How bad will the non-tenders get is our next topic. Uh, okay, we're getting so, all... Okay, other than MetsCon, we're getting the boring shit out of the way. Okay. That's fine. Jordan, explain non-tenderness. Okay, here we go. So baseball, you, you baseball players, uh, the teams have control of them for way too long. It's not really fair. They have team control for six years. You've heard that number. First three years, they get paid jack shit. They make basically the minimum. They don't make any money. Then they reach something called arbitration, which is years three through six. Now, the thing is, you think, okay, team control. They have team control then. Now, part of that control is that if the team does not want to pay the player what they are projected to receive in arbitration or during their ARB eligible years, they can just say, eh, fuck it, we're releasing you. We are not tendering you a contract. And so because teams are going to be super cheap this winter, we are going to see teams looking at totally decent players in their third to sixth year uh, of arbitration and say, oh, you're owed $5.7 million to be like a slightly average, like an average player or pitcher or reliever. Eh, no, we don't want that. You are now non-tethered to contract. You are now a free agent, even though you would never have been a free agent in a time when teams were actually trying to uh, you know, spend money and win. Now, the reason this is relevant is because this is a free agent market that, yeah, has some good talent at the top, but is going to end up being super duper flooded with players in the middle. We've already seen a couple of these with Colton Wong and Brad Hand and Charlie Morton, players with very seemingly cheap options being declined. 
And the non-tender deadline is December 2nd, and the free agent market is going to get flooded. And this is going to be something that we saw really two years ago, uh, where it was like, holy shit, there's a lot of free agents out there that teams should be wanting to have. And I'm just kind of curious to see who are those names that we're not even thinking about yet, right? Because the free agent list, we've all been looking at the free agent list for two years because their contracts expired. These are guys we're not even thinking about. These are just like 26-year-old average big leaguers that we're not thinking about being available right now that are probably about to be available. And if you're a team that is trying to win, you're going to be like, holy shit, that guy's just out there suddenly for some reason. That's great. I should go get him. And I'm curious to see if teams like the Mets are going to take advantage of that because there will be a lot of those players out there and it is going to be shitty to watch, but also uh, interesting uh, which those guys end up being. So that is what I'm thinking about for non-tenders in the next couple of weeks. And that's happening soon, by the way, too. Like that has to happen. That is a deadline thing that will happen compared to the other free agents, which might drag on into January and February. So we know that is coming up in the next couple of weeks. Cool. I have nothing else to say other than just be tender, everyone. Stay tender. We need more TLC in baseball. Okay, I'm spinning the wheel again. I'm spinning the wheel again. It's spinning. Spin that wheel. Oh, it landed on Metscon again. That's funny. Should I do it again? No, no, (laughs) no. Spin that wheel. Okay. Will MLB try to institute a rule about pitchers cheating with sketchy substances? Question mark. Mm-hmm. This is in the category of topic that I care about way less than I should. I think it is interesting. I think it definitely makes a difference. But there's too many things in the world right now for me to like care about. And I have chosen that sticky substances is in my do whatever the fuck you want box. Mm-hmm. Personally. I understand that. And I generally agree from my personal standpoint. Like, I don't feel that strongly about whether I don't feel that strongly about whether it should be legal, not legal, whatever. I just think that, like, there's enough discussion around this and knowing that there were memos sent out this year and that, like, people like Trevor Bauer up their spin right and then won the Cy Young. Like, I just think there's enough smoke here that something is going to happen. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but I feel like it is going to be a topic of conversation. Uh, if you're interested in this, go read Eno Saris on The Athletic. He's written some very, very good pieces it, on this. It's super interesting, right? Like, I would say, what, 70% of guys are using some sort of grip? I mean, if you, if you, if you're looking for it, here are places you can find it. Guys who go to the brim of their hat, that's an obvious one. Guys who go to their belt, often you'll have some goop in your belt. My favorite is players who will put a lot of hair stuff in their hair and you'll see them go to their hair a lot and they have it in there. You'll see bullfrog on their arm. Bullfrog is a mix of rosin and sunscreen. One of my favorite things ever was a pitcher pitching, I think it was in Toronto with the roof closed, putting sunscreen on his arm before he went in to pitch in the bullpen. It's like, are you worried about the lights? You're going to get sunburned from the lights? Um, right. Anyway, though, that's usually how it happens. And like, it, so many players are doing it. And it is the biggest like spirit versus letter of the law thing in baseball. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so 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 we'll see. I'm just I'm just kind of keeping an eye on it. Also, like their teammates just have it and they throw it around the horn. And it's like, all right, well, fine. I won't put it on my arm blatantly, but I'll just have my third baseman have a ton of pine tar in his glove. And then I could just do that and then have it thrown back to me. So there's a million ways to get away with it. We know guys are doing it like crazy. Um, And I'm I'm curious to see if MLB tries to do something about it. Here's the thing. If MLB does try and police this, on one point, it makes sense, right? If you do believe, as some do, that the strikeout rate is too damn high and that not enough balls are being put in play, there are a number of ways to try and mitigate that and, and change that around. One of them is to maybe police this a little bit more and have like, just if you can reduce the amount of pitchers that are using stuff or how often they're using stuff, that'll lead to a lower spin rate. It'll lead to less swings and misses. It'll lead to more contact. It'll lead to more action, right? Um, I don't know if this, again, this is an example of like, I don't want to be in charge of having to figure this out and I'm happy yes. it's not my job. Yes. But- that logic makes sense to me. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, again, I just think that it's more at the forefront of the conversation than it has been in the past. And I'm curious yeah. to see if anything happens. All right, Bobby, spin. Wait, oh, yeah, biggest gonna... forefront yeah. of the conversation most talked about uh, this topic has been since um, uh, Pineda, Michael Pineda went to his neck. 
Remember that? That was crazy on Sunday Night Baseball. The okay. amount of All right. screenshots with the with the saturation of the photo changed of that. It's just like we got chill. Spin that wheel, wheel spinning, Bobby. wheel spinning, wheel spinning. Landed on the same topic. So this wheel is not. Yeah, there needs to be an adjustment. Doesn't have a memory. It doesn't have a memory. <laughs> there needs. To That's, be it, it would be a good reliever. Just go, it gets right back out there. <laughs> <laughs> short memory, short memory. Okay, good reliever or quarterback. Thanks. Uh, okay, next topic. Minor league baseball. Mm, it's one of right. my favorites. This okay, I think we, got, we covered it. Here we, we go. So, folks, now if you're, if you're listening to this, first of all, you know that we... Let's first remind you why we put this on the wheel here. Okay, because I understand that the average casual Major League Baseball fan maybe knows the minor league baseball didn't happen this year and knows that it's, you know, getting smaller or whatever, but doesn't necessarily know how big of an offseason this is about to be. Um, just to remind everyone, minor league baseball is like the reason we do what we do. It is a huge part of why we fell so far in love with baseball over the last decade to a degree that is unhealthy. Uh, traveling around the country, seeing minor league games. That is the thing we did. We did a whole podcast about why we love minor league baseball uh, before the season began. I encourage you all to go back and listen to that because let me tell you, everything said in that pod remains exactly the same <laughs> as it did and it always will. And uh, it was also just a fun pod to do. So again, encourage you to listen to that. Now, why are we putting this on the offseason wheel, Jake? Basically, uh, minor league baseball is about to get changed it and shrunk to a degree that we have not seen in a very, very, very long time for reasons that are both obvious and nefarious and frustrating. And uh, I just hope we come out of it in the spring with a minor league baseball season with not too many... <laughs> minor league communities completely having their teams, their affiliated teams stolen from them. Um, and I, this is just going to be a, a shuffle unlike any other. And I hope that it doesn't get any worse than what it already looks like. Now, what it looks like right now is that we're going to end up with 120 minor league teams instead of 160, just go to four full season levels. My fear is that it is going to end up being a lot worse than that. And there are going to be some teams that don't even bother having four full season affiliates and just shrink down to two or three. Um, I don't, that's not, I'm not reporting anything. I just feel like we're at the very beginning of this. Um, what are your thoughts on, on how minor league baseball is, is about to change? Cause it's, it's obviously very scary. I mean, there's a bunch of shitty parts. One is that a lot of these communities don't get to say goodbye it's because of the 2020 minor league season getting cut out. Like that's it. All right. Pack it up. You know, half century of baseball and a location and it's gone. And like, we've talked a lot about why this is short-sighted and why this doesn't value kind of the role minor league baseball plays in the national baseball structure. Um, and yeah, it just really, it just really fucking bums me out, man. It's like, yeah. And, and Rob Manfred, uh, go to a minor league baseball game. Right. And when also, was the last like, time Rob Manfred went to a minor league game? We've been, the reason why this is really at the forefront is because we've already seen teams like the Staten Island Yankees, uh, the Columbia Fireflies, the Rochester Red Wings, just literally find out online, like, oh, we're not affiliate anymore because they just the GM just spoke and said, hey, these are our affiliates and he didn't say our name. Like, that's not how any of that's this should nuts. work. That's nuts. That's crazy. That's crazy because these are teams that have been sitting around all year like wondering what 2021 is going to be like and planning for 2021 and thinking that like, yeah, if you're the Staten Island Yankees, of course you're assuming you're going to still find a way to be a Yankees affiliate. You're, you're the, the Yankees. I you're at Staten Island. You're with, you've been with the Yankees for two decades, whatever. Um, and so... It's just it's just going to keep happening, and and I hope that uh, teams are at least uh, forthright and forthcoming with their plans with the owners before it gets to the public. And um, I just I, I hope that that these minor league teams um, can can stay on their feet uh, because uh, it's 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 not going to be pretty. So and perhaps so, I'm screaming yeah. into the void here, but like, look, if if this shit's going to happen, and you're a major league team and you're changing affiliates before you fucking announce it. Pick up the phone and just have the gratitude and grace to call the affiliate so they don't have to get dumped online. Like the it, it, just that ounce of courtesy. That's it. Right. Like just that's gotta be the baseline. And I yeah, I feel for a lot of these minor league communities, a lot of these minor league the people who work at these teams, like when you work at a minor league team, you have like 12 jobs and you are pouring your heart 
and everything you have into making that team viable, into making the environment at the ballpark fun for fans, and to have that ripped out from under you with no warning by finding out online, that's that's fucking brutal. So I don't know, man. It it, it fucking it just sucks. Yeah. It just really I, I sucks. I just hope we are even again in a position to have minor league baseball next year, uh, in some capacity. So there you go. Hat tip, MILB. We love you, and we hope uh, that it, you continue to flourish in the future. All right, Bobby, spin that wheel. Give me some good vibes. Oh, oh, I know. Before I spin the wheel, I want to yes. say something really quickly about Trenton Thunder because yes. they are also yes, a, please do. They were also a minor league affiliate of the Yankees who got dumped, I believe, online. I actually can't confirm that, but Trenton, New Jersey, is never getting a different kind of baseball team. They're never getting a major league baseball team. They're never getting anything above what they already had. And they showed out for it. Like Trenton Thunder games were filled. The community loved Trenton Thunder games. Like scores of kids. This is true for all of minor league baseball, but scores of kids would come there with their school, with their summer camp. Like if you go to a minor league baseball game in Trenton, you are going to see groups of 25 kids all wearing bright green shirts because they're there with their summer camp or the YMCA. Mm -hmm or whatever it is. And that community is not getting a different form of baseball, but they were enjoying that form of baseball that they had. Like people were showing up that was a profitable organization. The park got nothing but better in the last 20 years. And I'm saying all this because this was my minor league team growing up. And to take that away and to not guarantee that there may be some form of that team around an affiliated ball after that to just ditch them is of course like you guys said really shitty. But there are even larger, I think, socioeconomic impacts on the way that we're shaping the future of the game by taking some of these teams out of certain communities who don't have access to a lot of other baseball and will probably never have access to major league level baseball. Yeah, I would say, too, for Trenton, they are in a special case. And we'll see. Maybe they end up getting another affiliate. That's that is still, I guess, possible. Um, but the, th- the thing that was shocking with Trenton is that they were not on the list. There's a list that came out of 42 teams that we were expecting to get cut. Those teams have basically known they've been on the chopping block for the last four or five months. And so, like, that's also extremely fucked up and shitty. But, like, at least they can probably think and prepare when they find out that they're not going to have a team in 2021. Like, that makes sense. Trend was not one of those teams. So to have this happen was a lot uh, a lot more surprising. Um, so, yes, Bobby, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that. And, and I saw some people being like, oh, it's only 45 minutes to Somerset drive from Trenton. Like, that's a lot for also that completely disqualifies all of the people yeah all right. of the people who i just <laughs> said like they're not gonna drive 40 you're not gonna put eight-year-old kids on a bus for two hours in one day just to go see a minor league right. game point when you could have done it five minutes away. minutes away yeah exactly 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 so it's just yes, a real well shame. it's just a real shame um and well i feel said. for all of the people who work there and all of the people who were able to go to those games for five dollars and get a dollar hot dog and enjoy really good baseball and shouts out to a good friend of uh, Jordan and I, Bobby Baseball, who used to work at the Trenton Thunder for five years, I believe, and then at Staten Island Yankees. So a tough day for our our buddy. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, Bobby, spin. Spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. Spinning that wheel. Oh, this is a good one. It's trades we're watching. Oh, boy. All right. So now this is the real spice. Mm. This is what people really want to hear. Let's get to some of the hot stove action. And uh, where else to begin than in Cleveland than Francisco Lindor? I mean, we'll talk about, you know, all the ones we're thinking about. But Lindor is dominating this discussion. And I will say, I think after the Mookie Betts situation last year, I feel like Francisco Lindor has been traded before it's even happened. And I believe he will be. He's gone. But like, like he's gone. with Mookie, there was still a will they, won't they, will they, won't they, will they, won't they. Then they did it. We're like, Lindor's out the, halfway out the door. We're, we're all pushing him In out there. In retrospect, teams that with want Mookie, there shouldn't have there. been a will they, won't they. Like, it was just a, a will they. And they kept saying they will, and we kept not believing it. <laughs> That's but will true. they? I think, I think we also maybe didn't want to believe it because it was the Red Sox. With Cleveland, it's like, well, of course they're fucking trading him. Like, no no, no question, right? So, okay, right. so Lindor's the front of this conversation. But I think there could be well, a lot of other big names. Let's start, let's start with Lindor. Yes. Here's, let me say this. Did Cleveland watch the playoffs? Like, did, <laughs> did you not see Mookie Betts on the Dodgers fucking crushing it and making the Red Sox look like fools? 
are they looking at the Mookie Betts trade and being like, yes, love this for Boston. Let's just, let's replicate. This was great. People loved it. Sox fans didn't watch literally 50% less viewership on Nesson. And now it's all not, it's all not all Mookie Betts, but that's a lot of Mookie Betts. And like, when you trade someone like that, you're just putting up like the opposite of a bat signal in the sky that says, fuck it. <laughs> right. Now, totally true. You're totally right. I think, sadly, Cleveland probably is like, well, we're not Boston. We could, we literally can't afford. Obviously, they can afford. Every baseball team can afford. The Rays could afford to pay Francisco Lindor. Let me just say that. But I will say, I think it's easier for Cleveland to convince themselves like, we have no chance of resigning him. So let's get something for him while we can compared to Boston where they were like, well, we just don't want to get under the luxury tax for some stupid reason. But let's focus on Cleveland. Let's focus on Lindor. The thing is, so you're right. Your point is totally spot on. It will look terrible. They all know it's coming. It's going to be heartbreaking and shitty. And I hate it for Cleveland. Um, Now, you would think that teams would be lining up to have even one year of Francisco Lindor. And it does seem like there are a fair number uh, of contenders. Is there one team that you want to see him be traded to? We're not going to talk about potential packages, who is best fitted. Jake Mintz, if you could decide where Francisco Lindor mm. is traded this winter, um, where where are you sending him? It's a good question. I mean, the Orioles, but like that's <laughs> yes, my bias hat. I need, I need as much as I love J.P. Crawford, I need the Mariners to get Lindor after they decided to take Danny Hulson after Lindor's amazing pre-draft workout. Trade right. Kellenic yes. for Lindor. All right, so if you're no, trading for him, are you assuming that he's going to resign? Or not assuming, but you're basically saying, we think we have a shot at resigning him, or we're going to be very competitive in 2021, and he's the piece that puts us over the top, right? Yeah. That's basically, you're saying one of those two things. Yeah, I, I think so. But but my question right now is, who do you want to see Francisco Lindor play for in 2021? Like, that's really what I'm thinking about. The Marlins. Yeah, <laughs> there are all these lists. There are all these lists out there of where could he go. And it's the same players. It's the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers, like ooh. Phillies, Blue Phillies, Jays. Right? Blue Jays is Blue Jays interesting is cool. One. Blue Jays is cool, especially because Bo Bichette, probably a second or baseman, a third baseman. But Miami, not on any of these lists. I think it would be. Do it, Kim. Here's the thing. Okay, the Marlins in the last two years have done the little things right to get themselves back to people in Miami, at least giving Miami the opportunity to give a shit about the Marlins, okay? Trading and extending Lindor would do that. Or it would go a long way to doing that. You want a guy? You want a star in there who's going to embrace that? Uh, Look, is this going to happen? No, of course not. But that's you asked me what I want. And I think Miami would be an awesome spot for him. I I agree. Um, I think, I think, I mean. Can you imagine that's, the that's shit? Can you imagine the shit he would wear to the ballpark if he was playing in Miami? <laughs> Unbelievable. Very true. Obviously, a lot of people want him on the Mets, including Bobby. Bobby, you want him on the Mets, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll take him. I'll take him. Yeah, yeah take we him could him. do that. Yeah, sure. Um, He's pretty good. I'm around. I think. I'll him. watch. I'll tune on in. the Mets would be incredible. I think him, honestly, on the Phillies would be incredible. Um, as a neutral fan. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I am hoping he... D- Weirdly, I am really hoping he does not go to the Dodgers because yeah. at this point, like, give it a rest. You're, you're the best team. Please leave. Let everyone else have a freaking chance. Um, but man, I wouldn't put it past them. I really would not put it past the Dodgers. What are the odds he starts the 2021 20, season playing for Cleveland? 30%? 5 t- 5%. 10%. I just, I don't know. At this point, it, it's like, I don't know what, why they would do that. Um, so, well, why they would do that because he's really good and they should try to win. But it seems like he is going to get moved. So I think it is closer to zero. Than I'm so, I'm sorry. I know we're going to talk about other trades now, but I'm so excited thinking about him on Miami. I know that's like Miguel Rojas erasure, but like, I'm sorry, yeah, my man. The like, problem is that they it would be awesome. And tr- obviously having him as your franchise player would, would go a long way. Um, I was about to say it doesn't make them a playoff team, but they just made the playoffs. So, But uh, the problem the with most, trading him yeah. to Miami, though, is that yeah. you can't guarantee that that ownership group is going to stay in 
for the entirety of his contract. So then we might just go through this bullshit again. You know what I mean? Like sure. they've changed their mind a lot about payroll well, and they've I'm, slashed payroll a lot and not, not as much since the, since the sale to Bruce Sherman and the Derek Dieter group. But, but he, there's no guarantee that if they gave him $40 million a year, like three years into the deal, they'd be like, meh, we, we're out of our competitive window now. Here's the other thing though. I know because Mookie got traded and immediately signed a bajillion dollar extension, we're like, oh, well, a Nate team could do it with Lindor. That doesn't have to be the case. You can trade for him for one year, and it's probably going to be a pretty good fucking idea because Francisco Lindor is one of the best players in baseball. So, like, that's okay, too. And yeah. I'm okay with the, a team doing that, right? Like, the Dodgers could have done that, and they won the World Series, and then Mookie hits free agency, and we're still like, hell yeah, that's a pretty good trade. Like, so that's that's okay, right? Yeah, it doesn't it would be have like to if the be, Dodgers had won with Machado. It did, right. It doesn't have to be the trade for, like it, it we've seen rentals we've seen one year things so uh and i hope that that means that more teams are, are trying to get them um but we will we will see what happens now linda is going to be the, the front of this but i just have to mention that like there are a lot of other amazing free agents next year that are also on teams going nowhere aka trevor story on the rockies or other people on the rockies and the other obvious one is that the cubs entire team is free agents after next year Baez, bryant rizzo i think schwarber also and they've already said like we're gonna we're gonna shake some shit up. So I think the Cubs are really the team that I'm I'm watching the most uh, this offseason. Besides the Mets, I'm gonna fold in another topic here with this, which is the extension chat, because it both relates to the 2021 free agent class, right? Which is really really stacked. And whenever you look at free agent classes from like a year out or even two years out, it always looks better than it ends up being because some of those names get traded, get extended get hurt, are worse than we thought. And so, you know, that's important to keep in mind. But I do think the 2021 class is going to dictate, right? It's like this offseason, who gets traded? Who do teams keep around for that last year to try and win? And who gets extended, right? And so like Freddie Freeman is a free agent after next year. The Braves are not trading him before 2021, right? They're probably going to try and extend him, okay? Baez is... I don't think the Cubs are going to trade him because, you know, he was awful this year. It's true. But I also don't think they're going to extend him. Right. So, like, he feels like, we'll call it the lame, he's a lame duck, right? It's like the, he's got, he's probably going to play next year on his, in his walk year. Seager, Correa, like, they're not going to trade Seager and they're not going to trade Correa. Are they going to extend him? I don't know. Yeah. So, I think that is the way that 2021's free agent class dictates what happens now is another thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm also, I mean, this is more jumping ahead to like next trade deadline, but it's obviously all those shortstops. And then it's the four best pitchers of our generation. Granky Verlander, Kershaw, Scherzer is a free agent next offseason, which is super crazy. And I know That's we're jumping nuts. ahead. But like if the Nats just suck, like Scherzer is just going to get traded in, in July, which is not that unrealistic. So anyway. If that um, happens, I know yeah. this is like not, if that happens, yeah. one of the still one of the greatest contracts of all time, I think. Absolutely. Signing Scherzer, Absolutely. one of the, like one of the best free agent deals ever. Scherzer yeah. always pitch pitches well in City Field, so we'll take him. You know, we'll take him. We'll take him. I'll watch it. I'll tune in. Max. Okay, I'll tune in. I, I'm I'm using this moment to say, Mets fans, if you're listening, which you're probably listening, do not become Yankees fans. Yankees fans. Don't let Mets fans become you. We don't need two different team <laughs> fan bases in the same city acting the same. We can't, and not everyone's a future Met, Bobby. Okay, they're all future Yankees. They can't all be future Yankees and future Mets. The Yankees so aren't not, looking for Nolan Arenado. They're not. This is the problem: is that the Yankees Maybe. are just like no one's talking about the Yankees in in the way that they were last year with Garrett Cole, like. Everyone's just like, okay, bring DJ back and bring, you know, Tanaka back. Like, no one is talking about Nolan Arenado at all. You guys didn't even write him down here. I'm just trying to speak that one into existence. He's on there. I think the Rockies, man, like, they got to, what are they doing? Like, show me a direction that you're going. (laughs) The Rockies are so aimless. The artist formerly known as the first place Colorado Rockies. Oh, God. Wait, can I also say, can I take this moment to say that, uh, remember when the MVPs were given out? We didn't talk about that yet. You just brought up Freddie Freeman just now. And it reminds me, congrats to Freddie Freeman. I know. And to Jose Abreu. Exactly, exactly. And I think they should, he should parlay that into another uh, big boy extension. Love Jose Abreu. That was so cool. All right, Bobby, spin that wheel. Bobby, spin that wheel. Spinning, 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 spinning. I haven't spinning. even gotten to the actual free agents yet. Rule changes mm. that will stay 
for 2021? Let's be quick. Let's be quick. We know that MLB used the coronavirus cup uh, as a, an excuse and opportunity to try and implement some things that they wanted to do long term. It'll be interesting to see which of these the league prioritizes to um, institute in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, ones that you and I particularly care about. Keep the DH. We love it. At no point during the 2020 season was I like, damn, I really need to see Zach Davies roll over to second, even though he's probably a righty. Um, <laughs> but, okay, that's – I know Bobby disagrees, but we're not going to give him the airtime to, to talk about this. Okay, yeah. second thing. Don't shrink the post, or, or sorry, do shrink the postseason from what we had this year. 16 teams, too many teams. I'm willing to talk about 12. I'll even listen to you talk about 14, but 16, I'm not interested. Especially if we're playing even 120 games next year, 140 games. Cannot have 16 teams making the postseason. 16 was good for the, you know, 60 game season. That was fine. Totally yeah. fine with it. And he don't need it anymore. It was good. Yes. Great. Yes. We'll look back and we'll be like, oh my God, that was nuts. Okay, next thing. Don't play a neutral site World Series. We're not football. Please no. Please we no. can't. Not enough people will go. Okay? It's not cool. Home crowds are like 80% of why people like posies and baseball. Yes, exactly. Okay? <laughs> that, 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 so, obvious, agree, totally, full support. Don't, yeah. No neutral site. Uh, extra innings. Please make a decision so I don't have to. Uh, you can either keep it, the weird extra innings rule, Run around second or not. Just pick one. I don't really care. Honestly, the only like, it is the only, an example. Go ahead. I was going to say the only interesting thing I have to say about this is that it seems like players like it. Like it seemed like the yeah. players are like, yeah, let's keep it. I don't know if they want that for the postseason, but it seems like they want that. So an underrated okay. thing about baseball players is that they want to play as little baseball as possible. People don't always realize this <laughs> True. Good because Good if point. you like baseball, you want to play baseball as long as possible. Players want to get out of there. Players love the ability uh, to go to dinner after a game. Mm -hmm. That is a huge deal. Think about that. I mean, that's understandable, right? Like getting a bite to eat after work. A lot of us get to do it because, you know, we're done working at five or whatever the hell. But if these dudes, they can get out of there by 1030. You know what I mean? No, that's that's so true. It's all about dinner plans. Um, So, yeah. Not that that anybody's going to be eating dinner. This is my fingers playing the world's smallest violin. (laughs) I'm not saying boohoo <laughs> players. I'm just saying oh no, that's those why seven players extra like innings. it. Oh, man. That's why players like it. No, but right. yeah, I, that's it. That's all I got. That's uh, it. No, three batter minimum was cool. We can keep it. It was fine. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. All right, Bobby, spin that any other, wheel. Wait, Bobby, any, any other rules we're missing? Any other rules? Wet we're missing? rag, wet rag. The wheel's already <laughs> spinning. Let's move on. Yes. Okay, good. What's next? Bobby, we can just, we can just finish the last pick three one. without the wheel if you want. Well, the wheel has just chosen Dominican Winter League, so oh, take that baby. for what you go. will. All right, let's go. Here we go. I'm glad I'll we. Be quick. I'm 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 excited that we've done a million topics and we haven't even talked about uh, George Springer yet. But go ahead, Jake Mintzley Dome has begun. Terrible production by me. Terrible, terrible no, work. It's fine. It's the wheel's fault. Jake Mintzley Dome has begun. Lise is one and zero. Gigantes is one and zero. Estrellas and Toros. Have not played yet because it rained out the first game. Why the fuck should anyone care about Lee Dome? Okay. Tell me, Jake Mintz. A couple different reasons. Now, Jordan got really into the KBO this year. I, a little less so. If you were like, ooh, KBO seems cool, but like I'm not waking up at 5 a.m., no thanks, and I only recognize like two players on each team, then let me, let me gesture towards the Dominican Winter League where games happen at regular hours and you've probably heard of like eight guys on every team at least like there are not only like remember some guy guys and there are remember some guy guys but like there are like good current baseball players like Victor Robles is going to play every day okay prospects Wander Franco is the best prospect in the world and he's going to play Julio Rodriguez might be the second best prospect in the world and he's on the same team as Wander Franco the Dominican Winter League is something I love very 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 much it is entertaining baseball. You got fewer strikeouts, fewer home runs, balls putting in play, base runners just running around, just doing crazy shit, and it's great. And there won't be fans, uh, which sucks. And then the last thing, Jordan, I wrote a 32-page uh, Dominican Winter Ball preview, which I'm selling for $5 and giving all the money to charity. If you want one, Venmo me, at Mince Jake, and I'll send it to you. That's it. Yeah. 
follow us on Twitter. Uh, we've pinned the tweet with all the info about our Lidome preview and how you can watch. It's very easy to watch these games at normal hours. It's not expensive and is very good. Uh, and we encourage you all to check it out because it is live baseball in the evenings every day and it will be great. So we encourage you to check it out. And if you're not convinced yet, uh, Juan Francisco, uh, who is the size of a he Boeing 747. so big. He is so big. When we saw him last year, I was like, damn, Juan Francisco got big. And now he's like markedly larger than last year. Here's the thing, year. though. He's also probably the best hitter in the league. And more importantly than his size and his ability, he's wearing number 111, which is so good. It's so funny. Okay, I'm going to make the executive decision that the wheel is going to land on free agents we care about. All right. Uh, we have only two uh, topics left. And somehow we've made it an hour without actually talking about this year's free agent class. And it, partially because it's like somewhat underwhelming, but we got some hot shit at the, at the top. But you know the best guys. You know Springer, Bauer, Real Muto, LeMayhew. Obviously, if you're a team that cares about winning, you want your team to get them. We understand that. But there are some other free agents that mean a lot more to us. Uh, and we are going to talk about some of those. Now, I, I, I guess I will say, Jake, of the top group, the top five, who do you care the most about where he goes? DJ LeMayhew, I want him to not go back to New York. I think it would be so funny. Oh, I, okay. <laughs> I don't particularly yeah, I enjoy agree. watching DJ play. Um, he's really, really good. And like he's any so team good. who gets him is going to benefit from him, he obviously. So yes. But to I think Yankees fans have basically written that off as an inevitability. And I think it would be very interesting if you went somewhere other than New York. Totally agree. Totally, totally. You finally grow that. that gnarly beard he's always wanted to grow. Absolutely. Not. That he definitely is not capable of. Uh, Marcelo Zuna is the one I'm most interested in. I think he's delightful and has continued to make all the teams he's on way more fun. So, Charlie Morton from New Jersey. Charlie I don't Morton know. is from Connecticut. I don't know, Jake. Born in New Jersey from Connecticut. Does that make him more likely to go to the Yankees or the Mets? I think he goes to the Braves so he can stay closer to home. Charlie Morton is a good one. I'm interested wait, one, in... One, one more yeah. Charlie Morton thing. One more Charlie Morton thing. Hold up. A couple years ago, I think it's really important to have free agents who are the one to stay close to home guys. I think usually in free agency, dudes just sign for the most money as they should, and it's fine. But I love the added component of want to stay close to home. We've had, I would say, AJ Burnett was a great stay close to home guy. Darren O'Day was a big stay close to home guy. Dude, Zach Wheeler. We Zach, just Wheeler. Had Zach Wheeler last year. Yeah. yeah. Look, I think I get it. Stay I close to stay home close guy to home. who left his close to home to go Look, to a different close to home. <laughs> let me let me say this. We work for uh, we do this podcast for the ringer. Uh, we wanted to stay close to home on the East Coast. <laughs> I get this. This makes a lot of yes. sense to me. Yes, this is a real so, thing, whether you're making bajillions or whether you're us. Yeah, right. True. Like, stay close to home guy. And I'm happy that Charlie Morton is this offseason stay close to home guy. I agree. I agree. Other guys, other free agents uh, that I'm interested in that are beyond uh, the top of the list. I'm very interested in all the KBO guys, both the actual Korean players, Ha Sung Kim and Sung Bum Na, who have made, who've been some of the best players in KBO the last few years. They say they want to be ML, come to play MLB. And that's going to happen. So excited to see what happens with them. They're going to get posted right around after Thanksgiving. So that will happen actually early on. Uh, and then Mel Rojas Jr., our KT was superstar who's going to win MVP. Hopefully he comes back and finally gets a shot. Dan Straley, another friend of the barbecue, would love to see him come back and get a major league job. KBO guys up there. Um, what's this guy? I'm seeing this on our list. Yoannis Cespedes? What's his deal? Yeah, he used to play for the Red Sox. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then what's <laughs> what's going on with him? Is he if he's a so, free agent? Wow, that's weird. The Yoannis Mets saga is done. It is it is over. Kaput. Um there, it was like a big deal earlier this offseason. This the season, I just like kind of forgot about it because a million other things happened. But Yoannis is a free agent. I think he'll get a deal somewhere to like be a DH slash left field bat for a team that's like fine. I don't expect anything. Like, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, look, he's thirty five. He has not played the outfield in will be three years basically. Me um, neither. Despite that's true, despite his some some flashy plays uh, in Mets summer camp, um, I hope he gets a job, man. I'm just I'm worried that he is going to struggle to get a guaranteed job uh, this offseason. But I hope, and as we've said, um, we want him to go back to Oakland. 
it would be one of the few things that could make me like days. And uh, that would be cool. So there you go. Go home, yo. Closer to home. Not closer to home, but closer to his first home. So his first major league home. So there you go. Closest to home with him being like playing for Port St. Lucie, playing yeah. for the Mets in dude, high A. Dude, Orleans. Joining up with, joining forces with Francisco Lindor in Miami. If they keep Amazing. the yes, if they keep the DH and then L man, Marlins are not the craziest idea. Um, other guys should mention, obviously Mike Zanino, he's good. Uh, I hope he gets a contract. That would be great. Uh, Nelson Cruz is 41, 40, and the will be for, 41 next year. Top five hitter in baseball. <laughs> still, still a top five hitter in baseball. I'm curious. I mean, he's obviously more relevant than Edwin Encarnacion, but both of those guys have over 400 career homers and both of those guys still hit home runs a lot. So, uh, but yeah, Nelson Cruz, man, who, who is going to, who is, I mean, it's so obvious. Dude, he's, he's still would, one of the best and he's the I best would give person. Nelson Cruz. This is the other thing. It's like, I would give, I would give him a one year, $30 million deal. I would too. I would absolutely do that. Uh, so yeah, Nelson Cruz is another good one. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, again, there's, uh, oh, and then and then the, the last one we, we have to mention, uh, or t- two more. Quickly, Brad Hand, because if the if Cleveland was not willing to give him $10 million, he's been one of the best relievers in baseball for five years in a row. I hope he gets more than that. I don't know what's going to happen with that because any team could have had him at 10. Hopefully he gets a multi-year deal. And then the last one is this finally the year that Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright changed teams. You say no chance. I say no chance. It, it is it, it is becoming more of a possibility as the offseason goes on. Um, it's kind of nuts. And I think the part of the reason that people don't talk about it is it's the Cardinals. And like, I think folks are averse to just thinking about the Cardinals when they don't have to. And like, these two are probably two of the 10 greatest players in franchise history. And they're inexplicable tied together and they might just both leave in the same offseason. Don't they have the record or at least the modern record for most I think so. Games. Most like games battery, together. Most games together. Yeah. Uh, pitcher and catcher. Um, so yeah, the notion of, I could talk, dude, Wainwright talk about going home. He could go back to Atlanta. That'd be hmm. really cool and that makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah. How but long Yachty, do you have though, to not live somewhere for that to not be your home anymore? That's all I'm saying. But he's like from Georgia too. Right. Okay. <laughs> and 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 was drafted by the Raves, so that would be cool. But but no, Yachty's the one. It's like completely in- inconceivable to, to think about him on another team. It also feels like the twenty nine other teams. Not that they don't understand how good Yachty or Molina is, but there's no way they value him as much as the Cardinals. So uh, right, just I, I don't understand. Just like give that. each of these dudes like a one year deal for as much money as I want. Like it's right. they're both yeah. still f- good. Like they're yeah. both yeah. all like they're definitely both pretty good still somehow. Yeah. Totally true. Totally true. Uh, okay, Bobby, we have one more topic. We don't have to spin the wheel. Uh, I know we've gone in a winding order, but it also involves the Mets because it is the Mets. And it is basically, there are two GM jobs left as Kim Ang is about to be introduced in Miami and I'm excited to finish this podcast and go watch that presser. Uh, and Perry Manassian was hired by the Angels. The Phillies and Mets do not have GMs. Now, the Phillies is more interesting because they've publicly said like, yeah, we're not really in a rush to hire a GM. Really weird look. Don't totally understand what that's about other than them being like, yeah, well, it's going to be a slow offseason. It's like, what the fuck? The Angels hired, the Angels interviewed like 50 people and and the Marlins clearly were fi- like figuring this out over the last few weeks. Uh, and the Phillies are like in a position where you'd think they want to win. The Mets, I guess it's a little bit less interesting because it seems like Sandy's in charge, but I assume anybody would want that job. And so that's why I'm most interested to see who gets the Mets job because that would be the dopest GM job in the world where the pressure is not on you and you have probably a giant payroll. So yeah. any, th- any thoughts on those two openings, Jake Mintz? I think the Mets could get someone sexy if they wanted to. There was a report that the Angels tried to lure a couple big names away from other spots. Like they tried to get Neander from Tampa and David Forrest from Oakland, and both of them were like, no, that sounds like a <laughs> terrible can. time. But some either of those dudes could maybe be interested in the Mets job because you get to live in New York and play with Steve Cohen's money and, you know, run a competent franchise. Like, that sounds great. Um, It will be interesting. The Phillies gig, I think there were rumors that they're looking for someone with championship experience, which again, hire hire someone new. Anyone new. Just hire someone new. Mm -hmm. Please. Yes. Please. Would would, would like to see that. Uh, Don't hire Dave Dombrowski. Bobby, who do you want to be the Mets GM before we say goodbye? I have no idea. This is the type of thing that I don't pay attention to. Like, if I know that Sandy Alderson is already there, which I do, then it's fine. That's right. fine. That's as fair. long as Sandy's there. You trust uh, Sandy. 
This is not sourced, but Billy Owens, a scouting director, would be a fucking awesome hire. Oh, us, and I dude. would love to see that. Uh, okay, that's all we have. We have completed the wheel of the offseason. Uh, do we have anything else we need to discuss before we say goodbye? No, Treatment. just no. I have nothing no. else to discuss. I mean, there is no bike to Chicago update, really. No. Nope. Still on track. Uh, buy our Dominican Winter League preview. Venmo us. All the money's going to good cause. Um, thank you to Bobby Wagner for producing. Jordan Schusterman. Thank you to Kim fucking Ang. Yes. I am uh, very excited uh, to watch Kim be like, yeah, I'm the shit. And I'm excited to trade for Francisco. This is going to be great. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Jake Mintz. We will talk to you all next Tuesday. Goodbye. Goodbye.